When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Hello, everybody. Hey, we're back. We are back. Welcome back to Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. Gabe, what are you wearing, man? <laughs> I told y'all. I told y'all about them canes you i said it here on this podcast i said on twitter i said it in the streets this canes team is tough they can beat anybody they can lose to anybody they got no fear miami's in the sweet 16 baby miami's in the sweet 16 (laughs) both men and women both men and women so you so you know and and uh my deepest apologies to the state of indiana uh, oh, yeah. I understand. I know basketball is a religion there. We we have both talked about how yeah. wonderful Assembly Hall is. It's on my bucket list. Um, so I apologize to to y'all in Indiana because I know we took out uh, a lot of the wind from your sails in March. The Miami Hurricanes did, but just just amazing uh, victory from the Canes to kind of cap yeah. off. Um, I know there's one more game after that, but that kind of capped off <laughs> this wonderful weekend of basketball that we had. Yeah. Uh, from March Madness and you know it was just so much fun to be able to watch those games right back back to back and just have like whole weekend of amazing hoops and Christy I know you're in Iowa but I, I know you still watched all the games because you were texting me <laughs> I was texting you I was blowing your phone up <laughs> <laughs> oh it was awesome oh my god well first of all Katie Meyer you know I love you girl congratulations to your team for gritting that game out. Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was just masterfully executed by your squad. So if you're listening to this, shout out to you or whatever. I, I just, I, I was in in awe of how everything was was working. The coaching so well. masterpiece. She, it the coaching really was. masterpiece from Katie, from Katie Meyer and uh, the whole staff at Miami. 
Yeah, they picked that apart, picked the defense apart. I mean, one of the best defensive teams in the country mm-hmm. in Indiana who only had one loss all year long and mm-hmm. ended up losing three of their last five games. I mean, that's just not the momentum you want to have at the end of the year. But Terry Moran did a, a fantastic job all season long. Mackenzie Holmes, impressive season. Grace Berger, Sydney Parrish, everybody, man. That that was a tough team. Covered them all yeah. year. Uh, and I was saying, we were saying on past pods mm-hmm. that they are Final Four team. So we- for Miami, not only to beat them, but beat them there. <laughs> that was... That was so impressive. But, I mean, that's the madness of March. That's why we're in here. That's why you got your hoodie on, wearing the canes, and then doing all the you things and everything. Okay. (laughs) Because you love it. (laughs) You love it. (laughs) Hey, and if I went to Ole Miss, I'd have the Ole Miss hoodie because they were also just had an amazing, one one of the most amazing upsets you're ever going to see, beating Stanford. Um, And and this is the first time two number one seeds have fallen before the Sweet 16 since 19. 98. I love the parody that we have right yeah. now. And like, Agreed. we want to, you know, we want to get into the games, but it's just like, you know, you look at what happened this weekend. You have Princeton beating NC state, right? Like that is just another one of those games that you say, wow, you know, Hey, that's surprising. Unless you were watching Princeton this whole year and you're like, yeah, that team could absolutely do something like that. You have Mississippi state making it from the first four to the second round and having a right. good chance of beating Notre Dame. Um, Toledo had a great win at FGCU again, getting to that second round. And it's just, you right. see, you look around, I yeah. think the theme the last couple of years, right. Has been about the parity growing in women's basketball. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. As it should. Right. I mean, I think when mm-hmm. you look at the stalwarts in our game, just over the years, like obviously it was Tennessee and UConn for a long stretch. Right. And mm-hmm. I think with UConn going to 14 consecutive final fours, I mean, their name is still in there. Right. With that. And they're in the Sweet 16 still. They're in the Sweet 16 again. But they haven't won a title since 2016. And that's no knock. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all relative. Some teams (laughs) never go. So I get it. So UConn people don't scream at me. I'm just making a point uh, and and trying to. Is Geno Smith washed? That's 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 Christie's point. Geno Smith is, I mean, Geno Smith. Geno R.E.M. is washed. Oh, they may change his name. No, no, he's not. He's not washed because the team's back in the Sweet 16. All I'm saying is that there are more teams that have risen to the occasion in postseason play, and they have established themselves as postseason ready. And that comes with toughness. You're talking about the defensive teams uh, like an Indiana team. Uh, You know, it's just amazing to me, like a Georgia. You know, it's just amazing to me to see the, the chess games that go on where you try to pick those really tough defensive teams apart and attack. Mm-hmm. And that's what March Madness is all about. I mean, you've seen it on the men's side too. You know, you see um, Izzo and March, right? They're back in the Sweet yeah. Season. It's just always, like there, there, are, there are ways to do things in the postseason that create your legacy. And whether that's your legacy as a coach or your legacy as a team or a player, mm-hmm. uh, this is the time you know, to stand up and, and be that player that's in the gym in July in a dark gym at midnight, getting extra buckets in because you Mm -hmm. want these moments, right? So when you see it come to fruition, I think more players, more coaches are just in the trenches in terms of calculating how to advance. Mm -hmm. So I think, yes, it's great for the game. 
obviously to have this parody, but I also think it's just great fun for the fans. It's great fun for the teams. Like there's this different level of belief that they can crack the code and advance. And we've seen that. And it's just, I think it's, it's fantastic because, you know, for me, it's not just the X's and O's that are being taught, but it's the character building of those kinds of moments for those kids, like in 10 years, who they're going to be when they're 27 and 28 years old, like, who they're going to be as adults. And it's all about the the development of knowing that they can believe in something and have a unified force and making that come to fruition. To me, that's always going to be the end all yeah. and the be all for me. So I love it. And I love um, when I was in Iowa City, just the atmosphere there gave it was it was oh, yeah. phenomenal, man. 15,000 each game. And just when they came running out with the flag and everything, it was like, and the little kids with the little, you know, yeah. signs in the Clark jerseys and the law firm, Clark and Sonano stuff. Yep. It was just, I don't know. It was like a movie, honestly, to be it, 100% honest. It was like a, a movie. And I loved every it, it, second of it. <laughs> it felt like this weekend you saw a lot of like the the one shining moment video. You could see it coming together already. Like we had a bunch of plays that we already know are going to be in there. Like Destiny Harden. Uh, turnaround jumper that you know I don't care and and don't come at me where she traveled I don't she care. traveled man. let me tell you I don't she care guess what? guess what she didn't travel she didn't travel because she didn't get called for a travel therefore she did not travel she traveled um, she, so that therefore legally legally she did not travel. she did not travel uh, but we have that one we have J C Sheldon making the huge shot for Ohio yes. State we have great Stone Cold Grace Stone over at Princeton making her big shots and you know yeah. I, Haley Van Lith we have to talk more about Haley Van Lith because I think you know there's a those are, there's another class of teams right it's like these teams that are um that, that you mentioned like hey these kind of come up teams like Miami like Ole Miss yeah. that hey they just had they have really really great coaching nights great. and player nights and staff yeah. nights and just like put it all together and they knew they could do it because they had seen what they had done throughout the season and they put it together and then you have the other teams where it's like the Maryland's the Louisvilles that they're always ready for this. This yeah. is the this is their time. And I thought they stepped up, and yeah. that also commit, kind of me adds to the parody of, of this sure. of, of women's college basketball because yeah, South Carolina is a powerhouse, but it's not. It's no longer just South Carolina, UConn, and everyone else. It's South Carolina, then it's UConn, then it's you know Virginia Tech is now in there. Then we have a team like Louisville who's constantly getting to that Sweet Sixteen. We have a team like Maryland's constantly getting to that Sweet Sixteen. So I just think looking around the landscape is is just wonderful. This is one of the best first weekends I think mm-hmm. we've ever had in women's ever. college basketball, certainly since I've been covering it. No, ever. And I think the numbers ever. speak for themselves. I know mm-hmm. for the Iowa-Georgia game on Sunday, they said, Gabe, that it was uh, 1.5 million viewers for that game Ooh. and 2.3, I think, billion minutes that we're in. Wow. So it wasn't just like you're scanning through, like you're watching and you're staying, mm-hmm. like you tune in and you stay, right? Um, that game was so intriguing, by the way, uh, only a one point game at halftime. Oh my gosh, that that uh, that Georgia defense, man. I don't know, like <laughs> Coach Abe said, it's not a zone. It's not a matchup zone, it's just a matchup. And I love that <sighs> because conceptually, you don't want your kids thinking zone. So they're very, stationary yeah. if you will but they're in a matchup so it's like we're matchup but we're covering areas so the concepts of that i mean they were just clicking with it and and being very disruptive i think it was 19 turnovers they forced but they just extended it 
And that's why Katie yeah. Ab- Abrahamson uh, Henderson, the head coach at Georgia, that's what she said they were going to do. Like, we're going to, we're not going to change and reinvent the wheel because you can't mm-hmm. at this juncture, you have one yeah. day to prepare for these teams, right? In between for game two and the second round. So she said, what we're going to do is do what we've been doing. Okay. And then mm-hmm. extend it. So, I mean, with Clark, you got to extend to the half court line. Yeah. Period. I mean, she still hit one coming downhill yeah. and pulled with her heels on the logo. She okay. still went off. And it was she great defense. Still, she had 22 and 12. Um, but when her shot wasn't falling, it wasn't very efficient um, for her numbers, but she mm-hmm. got the ball to her teammates. I think it was like over 90% of the production of the offense in the fourth quarter was due to Caitlin Clark. And it wasn't her hunting her shot. It was her laser beaming passes down inside to Monica Sonano, who never took one dribble in that game. Not one. <laughs> so, you know, she was pinpoint <laughs> passing her. Like, what? It was just an amazing thing to see. Like, hey, you don't always have to get a bucket. Make a play. And that's what Caitlin Clark did. Yeah, yeah 22.17 shots, which is good efficiency for a player who has that much usage. And then those 12 assists that were just crucial. And it was because of all the attention. You know, you have when you have a player that gets so much attention, you need them to be able to understand what they're supposed to do, right? Like, it's not just, okay, there's so much attention. Let me just try to beat it, get a shot off. And she has gotten into into games like that. Right. But really, yeah. the, only, the only time we've seen her effectively guarded. Right. Was that Maryland game? And Maryland just said, "You're not touching the ball," right? And that was the only way you could stop her. And then once she figured out a way around that in the Big Ten uh, tournament, yeah, you know, it kind of fell apart. That defensive scheme for Maryland fell apart. So I think yeah. Georgia did just a great job. And I think you know, to your point of it wasn't a zone; it was just a matchup. Like that is so hard to get your team to execute in terms Absolutely. of understanding that. Hey, if I point. You have to like the communication on the floor. It takes so much, right? It yeah. takes a lot more communication to play something like that. It's like you're not just saying yours is mine. You're saying there's one behind me. There's one to my left. There's one to my right. You there? You, you know names, not numbers, not you. Like names. Hey, you go over there. Diamond, you're over there. You're on Clark. That, that. So the communication that it took for Georgia yeah. to run that scheme was extremely yeah. impressive. And I, I'm with you. It's like. They didn't change, and this is true for all of the teams. You know, we can talk about Miami. We can talk about, uh, you know, Ole Miss, Ohio State. They didn't change what they did. They figured out how to optimize what they did against their opponent. And unfortunately for Georgia, it didn't work out. They ran into Caitlin Clark, and that is what it is. But, you know, for for, that, they still had a great game plan. And I think uh, it took a lot for Iowa to break it. It did. I mean, I think it was very impressive. I mean, for Iowa to be – off balance and like they were at the beginning of the game especially in that first half and like I said it was a one-point game at halftime so obviously that could go either way in the second half but I think momentum wise you know Caitlin Clark said I wasn't going to let our team lose Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's strategy sometimes it's you know schemes or it's schematic it's tactical but sometimes it's your force of will (laughs) that says I am not I was not going to let my team lose. And sometimes that's that's what it is, right? So it's yeah. not like an X or an O. It's like, it's a decision that you make that you're not going to back down to the moment. You got bumped from the tournament before advancing last year to the um, Sweet 16 mm-hmm. by Creighton by two points. So that, that feeling, right? That sting and that sour taste that you have left from last year 
fueled that moment for Caitlin Clark to decide I'm not going to let our team lose right now. Like right now is the time, like I'm not going to do that. And the fact that she had the wherewithal and people say, Oh, you know, uh, you know, I'm a fan of Caitlin Clark. Yeah, I am. And period. Like put it out there. Who would have Like, why are you not a fan of her? <laughs> why, why are you not a fan of somebody who can be at the top of somebody's scout and still break yeah. you down in, into, into micro details and break you down and win. Like I'm always going to be a fan of anyone who does that. Okay. Consistently well. So stop talking about that being a negative. We're, we're fans of Aaliyah Boston too. She's we're awesome. Who wouldn't Boston be a fan too. of hers? We're a fan of Aaliyah Boston too. I'm, I'm a fan of, of perseverance. I'm a fan of calculated competition and competitive fire and moxie. I will always be a fan of that. I don't care. I mean, oh, there are so many. Zaya Cook, like there's so many players oh, that stand out in that way to me. And it just so happens that when I'm covering certain teams a lot, it's like, oh, I'm on this bandwagon. I'm like, no, I'm just on that game where she is. If I'm on Aaliyah Boston's game, guess who's sounding off about how awesome she is? Me. So stop yeah. playing with me and saying, I'm, you know, all about well, Caitlin Clark and that's it. Don't do that. Okay? I think this is important. I'm a fan I think of it's the important though. game. So stop, stop putting me in that box. So don't do that. So thank you. Thank and, you. I, and continue. I, I think that's super important. Hold on. I, I think that's super important what you just said. Chrissy's yeah. a fan of the game. She loves the game of basketball. And I do too. And like, so like, yeah, I'm a Miami, straight up. I, I have no, I'm not a journal. Like, we'll forget being a journalist when it comes to the University of Miami. That has been like my home. That has been the thing I've loved the most in sports since I was three years old. So I'm never throwing that away. But it's Can't. also like, I love, I love Indiana too. I was really sad watching them lose and go off the floor and like you know you can't obviously you're not cheering for both teams to win if you have a, a rooting interest but most of the time like in old miss stanford i was going back and forth it'd be one big play i'd be like yeah stanford and the other way i'd be like yeah old miss and it's right. like that's the beauty that's the beauty of this tournament of like Thank being you. able to root for everyone simultaneously and just want to see the the great basketball right. and we got that and we got that and that's why yes. I, I thought it was such a special day because it was like it didn't, it didn't matter who you're rooting for. I, no. I had I found people I loved on each of these teams. Like really, yeah. like I went through almost. I tried to go through all 64. I didn't get through all of them, but on every <laughs> team you have a wonderful player, wonderful story. Yes. Usually a coach has persevered through so much, and the teams that are still playing now are the teams you want to root for as a fan, regardless of of who you are actually a fan of. Regardless, and it's a strong point. And I just had to say it because it was making me angry. Because I was like, whatever. Like, how are yeah. you not? How are you not? intrigued how are you not entertained by these moments that are being created and this legacy mm -hmm. that's being molded and uh, you know cultivated like stop it uh you know and that's maybe people don't know who i am right? when i or or you so you had to say what you yeah. just said people don't know that about me so i'm just laying it on the line all right i'm just letting you know i love hoops period right play at an elite level I'm clapping that up. Bump that. I'm not Absolutely. I'm not going to hide my love and passion for the game. Um, it just so happens that Caitlin Clark and Aaliyah Boston and 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 Brink and all these other players, Haley Jones, all these players are fantastic players. But if I get to cover them, I'm going to be speaking on it. If I'm not on that it's, particular game, I'm going to speak on the game that I'm on. <laughs> it just makes sense. Well, it just makes and, sense. And it's hard for it's hard for us to be around 
the players and and you i mean to know what it takes to get there the vast majority of these people are like kind and just love the game and it's very easy to be around them so i don't know it is what it is we're gonna break open into this miami win though because yeah. I've, I've gone too long i've gone too long into this podcast without breaking open into uh breaking the open. greatest win in miami hurricanes women's basketball history uh yeah and we mentioned we mentioned how you know, we mentioned we talked more about the offense, and I think a lot of people, you know, saw the defense for Miami, and the defense was great. Um, but you look at the efficiency numbers, and Miami actually put up one of the highest efficiencies you're going to see against Indiana, a 108.1 offensive rating. Um, wow. throughout the season, Indiana's defensive rating is, and I'll, I'm gonna pull it up, I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, they have the one defensive rating was among the best in the nation 87.5, yes. and this was like their worst, worst game of the year defensively. I mean, they just, I thought, you know, and, and you, you've said it too, just about how Miami was able to set up their point of attack every time in quarter court mm -hmm. against mm -hmm. Indiana's defense. And they picked who they wanted to attack. They, they broke things down. And you had a very good way of saying it, like, you know, on the pick and rolls with Parrish, right? Oh, yeah, yes. I mean, they were, they were attacking – it was Parrish or Scalia and, and then Holmes in the drop coverage. And it's like those three players, not necessarily bad defenders, really bad matchups for who they were guarding against Miami, just specifically yeah. because of hard and strength, because of the speed of the Cavender twins who, you know, had a wonderful game because of Jasmine uh, Roberts being able to get around her defense, like the Miami speed and just yeah. their, the multiplicity of their attack allowed them to find those little areas to attack. And I thought, you know, it it was it was interesting. Like Mackenzie Holmes was a target in, yeah. in against Miami's attack. I thought that was really interesting and and mm -hmm. just like amazing how it worked out for the Canes in that regard. No, no doubt. I mean, Pendande, especially in the first half in particular. I mean, she had a fantastic game all game, but mm -hmm. I think in that first half, Pendande really did a great job of setting herself up for success in right. the paint. Um, and and it was, I think. As a whole, I think the team, I think Miami as a team, structurally attacked in that way, you know, to mm -hmm. begin. And, you know, some some shading, some double teams were coming that, uh, you know, Mackenzie Holmes' way defensively. Nothing mm -hmm. that she is uh, new to, right? Especially this year, she saw a lot of that. I think in the middle of the season when I had one of Indiana's games, I was asking her about, how that felt, you know, to see a double team yeah. coming or, or a shade down and not knowing exactly when it was going to happen. Is it going to happen mm -hmm. on the catch? Is it going to happen when I put the ball on the deck? Now am I going to get crowded? And what angle is that coming from? And what decisions do I have to make in like a split mm -hmm. second? And she said that was something that she had been working on in practice. You know, the double teams were coming at her in different angles with the practice team. And she was able to make reads out of it. So she got more comfortable, didn't get sped up in those moments. So I just think, you know, when, when you have that, those reps, when you have that as something that's going to occur, especially in a game like that, I mean, I think she was she was okay in that regard in those moments, but I also think it was it was really like you said a, a masterful defensive job as well. Um, it was a calculated offensive attack where they were like we said going to a, a specific matchup that they wanted to expose. But then also, I think defensively, they kept Indiana on their toes. They didn't bring that double team every single time, right? Or they didn't shade Mackenzie Holmes every single time. So it, it made, it made Indiana really think 
on on levels, right? On different layers, mm-hmm. um, you know, where they're not comfortable. They just weren't comfortable because the the decisions that Miami was making on defense continued to change and it morphed. And there were no, it didn't look like to me, there were any specific rules. It was like, do it now. Yeah. Let's do this now. Yeah. Let's not do it now. You know, it wasn't like every third play or, you know, every other, they're not alternating coverage, coverages, you know, this time mm-hmm. down, no, we're gonna do it. time down, we're not. It wasn't like that. So it was just the randomness of it kept Indiana off balance, out of rhythm offensively. And, you know, and for as good as Indiana was on the defensive end all season, they were a tough offensive team as well. But when they get in that flow, it's hard to stop them. But they weren't able to get in that flow against Miami and credit Miami for that. And I think you're right. I don't think there was specific thing because most honestly, most of what Miami did, both ends of the court felt very read based. I think yes. they had a, the, the coaching staff did a really good job scouting. And that's what they said after the game that uh, the players actually mentioned, like how good of a job the coaches did in getting them ready um, and, yep. and kind of saying, kind of putting in not rules, but just recommendations. And then the players just did an excellent job of understanding what was happening in the game. I thought Lola Pendante had her best game of the season, she both did. ends of the court. Um, and, you know, Mac- Mackenzie Holmes, she, I don't think she was, she didn't have like a bad game. Like you're saying, it was just really tough for her to get in that rhythm, in that flow. Rest did allow it to be a little bit more physical. And I True. think in the end that, that benefited Miami a little yeah. bit more, which, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe home cause Holmes had an injury, right? In, in the she first did. Round. She didn't yeah. play in that first round game um, at all. Like no minutes. She was available yeah. to play is how I read it um, in the game notes, but mm-hmm. she didn't play in that game. And, yeah. and I don't know, I, it was the same kind of thing last year in the postseason when, when Holmes had that yeah. um, knee issue and um, in the big 10 tournament and then onward to the NCAA tournament as well. But I don't think that it was something, I don't think that factored in like her not playing in, in the first round. Yeah. I don't think that factored into the, you know, herky jerkiness of, of the rhythm of Indiana's offense. I just think that it was, you know, it was masterful. You know, in terms of how the defense was being executed by Miami, I don't think and, it was and her. Indiana. It was rust for no. home. Yeah. No, I, I, she, maybe she was a, a lingering, but you know, you didn't see. I didn't see. You didn't see I, the effects of it. But and Indiana, to to their credit, I mean, that third quarter, they, <laughs> they toasted Miami. Um, that that was <laughs> at that point. I'm sitting there, you know, just just praying, right? You got to pray that they miss shots <laughs> and they miss just a few shots um, to to allow Miami to stay in it, but. You know, they they really got it together in that third quarter. I thought in the fourth quarter they played well too. It was just, yeah. you know, that Miami had built up that lead, built up that confidence to the point that they felt like if it was going to be a close game at the end, they were going to win. And and we saw this last year yeah. uh, in the yeah. ACC champ in in the ACC semifinals against Louisville. Mm-hmm. Miami down fifteen, storms back basically just on the back of Destiny Harden, and then right at the end of the game they ran the same exact play that they ran in this game against Indiana. And so yep. this team was very tested and wellered together. Right. And then, right. except for the Cavender twins, who were added into this mix this year and honestly have performed better than anyone could have expected. And I was such a huge proponent of them. I think we came, we had a podcast at one time where I would really talked up both the Cavender yep. twins in terms of them being really good players. And they yep. have come in and proven that. And now they have the chance to, perf- to, to perform in the Sweet 16 and get and you know kind of get that street cred as basketball players that I think they've deserved all year because they did so much for us. 
Yeah, that part. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, this is like we said, you know, this is when you create your your legacy. Like who were mm-hmm. you as a player in college? And then you can point to your postseason activity. Yeah. <laughs> or lack thereof. Sorry. Um, but <laughs> I mean it's true for both ways. But I just think that, you know, the Cavender twins, I mean, they just bring such a level of toughness to the court for Katie Meyer and her team. I just think that that's what you, that's what you want, right? You want to have um, mm-hmm. the preparation mentally, obviously physically you want to be healthy. All right. But you, you got to have that, uh, that fight about you. Okay. That you're ready to just lay it all on the line and empty everything out and, and not have any regrets. I mean, the best way to live life is without regrets, okay? Yeah. So if you can go into that game knowing what you want to do, not that you're going to be mistake-free because everyone makes mistakes. You're human. So whatever, you have to give mm-hmm. yourself grace in that way, but that doesn't change your force or your focus. Okay. That that stays the same. So for me, that's that's what it's always going to be. But the Cavender Twins, I think that they really displayed that level of, of fire, focus, and, you know, and, and just the ability to compete. And that's what they needed from them especially in that game against Indiana, for sure. Yeah, just that it was composure and toughness. And I mean, they really have come in and fit right into this culture that I've always talked about with the, with Katie Meyer teams of just toughness and grittiness. And they followed after Destiny Harden's lead and make no mistake, Destiny Harden is the leader on this team. Yes. Uh, 1,000 point score, by the way, last night. Crazy. Uh, I mean, whenever that was, two nights ago. Just yeah, amazing game to get your 1,000 point. Uh, that makes half of... Almost half of Miami's thousand point scorers, players that played for Katie Meyer, which I love. I've been around for most of the Katie Meyer uh, time. Um, Yeah. But she, you know, so that program, Miami is, is, I'm so proud of them as a, because of, not just because they got to Sweet 16, but, and and Katie Meyer said this after the Oklahoma State game, it's like remembering why they got there and just the togetherness they had to show in that Oklahoma State game, which was an awesome game too. Miami had to make the biggest, com- the fifth biggest comeback in NCAA tournament history to come mm-hmm. back there. And and that's what Coach Meyer said. It kind of was to your point earlier. I was, I was thinking about it. She said, this is a lifetime memory. Like when times get tough in life, I want them to remember this game and why we came back. Not just that yeah. we did it, but why we did it in terms of having to pour into each other. And I, I just think that, that was awesome um, for this program and just like, as a life lesson um, yeah. because I, you know, I, I love Katie Meyer. I listen to everything she says because <laughs> I, I just generally agree with her, but that, that one was a, was a special quote, I think. Yeah. And it's also how, right. I mean, going back yeah. to that, it's like how it happened and, mm-hmm. you know, not just the fact that it did, which is a fantastic lifetime memory for sure, for sure. Because every March, I mean, I replay it in my head. So, yeah. you know, from playing, <laughs> so I get that. All right. But at the same time, you're going to remember how you locked in to get it done, right? You're going to remember the process mentally um, Mm -hmm. to get yourself prepared to compete that way. And not only that, but to, to succeed like you, there's a how, and this is the blueprint. This is what we want to do, but how do you want to do it? There's the difference. Um, And I think more players need to understand that. Like, this is what we want to do. And you can go through the motions and do it, but you're not going to get what you want. Okay. Because this is what we need to do, but there is a way in which you do it in March that takes you here. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that they're going to remember even more so than making the memory of advancing. Well, I think another great point on that is and like how you perform in March. Guess what? That's how you, that's how you performed in September. 
<laughs> you know, that the same things you were doing that made you successful in March were the things that your, your coaches are telling you to do in September. I, you know, I think yeah. this is a good segue into Ole Miss because Ole Miss deserves a ton of credit for what they built. Coach Yo has built there um, no. with the Rebels because, you know, they're in the Sweet 16 yeah. and they did it by doing what they've done all season, which is just, Amazing. you know, trying to bludgeon you and be physical <laughs> with you and just outwork you. And, yes. you know, it's one thing to do it against in your conference and, you know, hey, maybe you get someone on a back, you know, bad night, you know, they played a few games in a row. To do it in the tournament against oh. a really, really good Stanford team and awesome. show off that yeah. how physical you can be and how strong you can be as a team, absolutely. really, really impressive from Old Miss. Yeah, absolutely. A dollar and a dream. That's what Coach Joe <laughs> said, right? Hey, I just came in here with a dollar and a dream. And, you know, a lot of people have that. But at the same time, again, it's how you do things. And I think it's, it's how she set those kids up for success. It's how mm -hmm. she speaks them into existence in terms of how she sees them, not necessarily how they see themselves. Like she sees the greatness in them. She's going to tell them that. And then they're going to go out and perform with that greatness in mind. So, um, and then that belief is going to start to trickle into to their spirit and they're going to go out and mm -hmm. show themselves in their best light. So for me, I, you know, I sent her a big congratulations. Um, you know, it's just amazing. She's so humble. Yeah. Um, even after they lost to South Carolina, uh, down at the end of the regular season there. It may have even been in the tournament, but I can't remember off the top. But I know. Yeah, I think it's it it regular season. Was it at the end of the, yeah, end of the regular season. They had South Carolina and yeah. she's just like, man, Dawn is so awesome. I just want to, I'm trying to model my program after what she's doing there at South Carolina. Not a lot of coaches will say that, right? Yeah. And they may think it. But they're not going to come out and give respect where respect is due. They're not going to hand Dawn Staley mm -hmm. roses after losing to Dawn Staley and her her excellent squad, who hasn't lost since last year in the SEC tournament, by the way. Um, but I mean, they're an okay basketball team. I mean, they're all right. <laughs> but how about how about the respect? I mean, that's the example too. Not just the fact that they were a first four in and advanced to the Sweet mm -hmm. 16. And that's just the most uncommon. Um, if you're looking at analytically which teams advance, uh, yeah. that's not one of them that typically does. Two two so, last two last four in actually Miami and Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. Well, this year. But we're in a, a different – this 2023. Hey, Ray, rising, tide, rising tide raises all boats, right? <laughs> there Thank you, you Ole Miss. <laughs> there you go. But I, I just think that, you know, the fact that she is um, – I guess as genuinely transparent as she is, mm -hmm. I think that gives permission for her own birth children um, to see that in her um, and the character that that's going to create in her young kids at home, but also the character that she's showing mm -hmm. these young women who she's mentoring and coaching every day, um, who she's in lockstep with mentally. But when she can show herself in that way to say, hey, you know, Dawn, I, I mean, they're an excellent team. I want to be her one day. Mm -hmm. I want to be her one day and I want to beat her one day. Kind of sounded the same to me <laughs> when I said it. But not not a lot of coaches have that that level of humbleness or respect for their peers. I will say that. I will yeah. say that. And I, I, man, don't get me started. And I'm not going to go down that road, but not going to go. But I have 
a story to tell uh, one day. Um, mm. But anyway, but just to have have that respectability um, with your peers, and it, and it goes right back from Dawn to Coach Yo as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, and he loved to see that because that gives an example to you know to your players and to your kids at home as a parent um, on how to be compassionate and um, and respectful. Respectful is, is a huge word. Respectful. I think it, you know, you gotta love the game, right? And and to, to not to not to not notice that, hey, I, Don Staley is the person I'm trying to be. You know, yeah. I, I think that'd be ridiculous. I mean, I, I think there's so many coaches that you know you look to and you say, hey, you want to be like them if you're a young coach. And I think Coach Joe has followed in that path, and then this year bringing it together, um, and and having that moment against South Carolina, and and yeah. being humble in that moment, but understanding that like. That was the seed. That was, I think, to me, in, in my mind, uh, for Ole Miss, like that game, and they had two games against South Carolina. So uh, yeah. they had they lost in the SEC uh, tournament game. I think the the first one though was the one um, where she had those comments. Yeah. Uh, in in where they took them to uh, to overtime. Um, yes. But you saw in that game, like, hey, you know, Ole Miss, they they believe in themselves. They know they felt like they could win that game. I think yeah. that attitude carried over into the Stanford game it because did. in both, both in Stanford and the, in the Indiana games, I don't, I don't know about you, but I felt like at some point the number one team is going to come back. You know, that at some point Stanford is going to come back and Stanford and Indiana, they did come back and they right. did make it really close. And it was about holding on. And I think Old Miss just, just True. held on right until the, the end and just yeah. did everything that they were told to do what their scout told them to do and, yeah. and played exactly as hard the first minute as they did in the last minute. And that's how you end up with getting that massive turnover at the end of the game, getting to the free throw line, be able to win the game in that set in that way. Um, so I thought to stick with it was yep. incredible. And I want to give a shout, I want to give a shout out to Maya Taylor. Cause she was yes. just outstanding. I, I thought she was outstanding. Three steals. She only had three points to me. She had three points, but to me dominated the game. Yeah, just just because her yeah. pressure at a full court, and it was mostly full court. Because even yes. on missed shots, Old Miss was picking up full court. Maya, yep. she had to go full court every minute of that game, and it, it was alternating between denying the ball, to, you know, trying to get the ball in Haley Jones' hand, trying to get the ball out of Apollo's hand, trying to get the ball in the play. Like there's different assignments there, and sometimes right. she was just by herself. You know, sometimes it was, hey, there's a break coming, you need to go stop it. And yeah. she would stop it at, you know, at the three-quarter court line on the other side. And so right. she deserves a ton yep. of credit. I thought she was just emblematic. Like, having three points and having the effect she did on the game is really emblematic of how that Ole Miss team wanted to win. And it, it was just one of those beautiful things that, like, hey, not everyone's going to notice that, but no. the coaches notice that and the players yeah. notice that. And that team believes in themselves a little bit more because of what she did. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, that's a, another example right of not having to shoot the ball every time right to make an impact mm -hmm. in the game what else can you do to help us win and you know more coaches need to ask their kids that because i tell you what once march comes those bright lights come on things run amok and now it's all about let me just get a bucket let me close my eyes and chuck it up in double mm -hmm. and triple coverage in the paint it's bad shots that's a turnover. That's not smart basketball. And I've seen it. Like, trust and believe. And and it doesn't get corrected. And it's just frustrating. Um, 
when that happens, because the, these opportunities don't come around a lot. You forget that. Yeah. You think, well, we have next year. No, you don't. Like, you don't know if you're going to be injured. You don't know if, you know, coaching mm -hmm. changes. You don't know. Like, there are so many factors. Uh, graduations, you know, people are leaving. Transfer portal is ridiculous right now. Come on. <laughs> you, nothing is guaranteed. So all you have is that moment. So for coaches, I'm charging coaches right now with challenging their players to be held accountable for making good decisions with the basketball for the team, right? We talk about all the time, oh, take care of the ball, but you don't teach them how to take care of the ball. You're yelling yeah. at them to do something. You're not teaching them how to do. So then when they get in these environments, they're running around like crazy. They don't know which way to yeah. go, right? Because they just know, well, let me just try to get this bucket. No, it's not about you getting a bucket. It's like, get the team a bucket. Right. And you saw that, like what we were saying about Caitlin Clark, her shots weren't falling efficiently. Yeah. She was like, how can I get the team a bucket? More of those kids need to be existing on the court, especially in postseason play. If you want to advance, you have to be smart with the basketball and smart with your decisions and smart with what you can do to impact the game. And that's why these 16 teams all have that. Yeah. They all well, have and that. It, and that's why yeah. they're moving. And when on. you look at Stanford, right? Like Stanford, that is their MO. I mean, when we think about Stanford, I would right. say that's one of the things we bring up in terms of, Absolutely. you know, maybe it's not the, mo the most careful with the ball. I think the turnover percentage is a little bit higher than you'd like, but right. it's that ball it's movement, the care, yeah. getting a good shot. And I think that all kind of fell apart for Stanford in this it game. Did. And that had everything to do with Old Miss. You know, I thought Stanford had a really rough game. Their decision-making was bad. They got into mm -hmm. quicksand, something I always talk about, right? Of you like, do. our shots aren't falling. Right? I bring this up all the time because right. this is, I was thinking that during this game, it was like, you know, <laughs> hey, we can't get to the rim. We can't do this. We have to run in transition because if not, they're going to press us. Da, 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 and then you're by the end, you're drowning and you're throwing up these wild shots in transition. Thank you. And that's not, that's not necessarily because Stanford is a bad team. Right. Or that they don't know how to take care of the ball. I thought mm -hmm. to me in, in this scenario, it was because Ole Miss, like, just hit him in the mouth. Yeah. And and they sped him up and they out physical them. And mm -hmm. they they just and offensively, Old Miss was not hey, look, Old Miss's offense was also not good. I ain't gonna hold you. But they're they 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 kind of just like sucked the air out of the ball. Yeah. And they realized it was hard to score when Stanford's defense got it together. When they when they when they said, Oh man, this is this possession's not looking good, they made the right decision, which is sometimes to do nothing. And just huh. hold the ball. Wait yeah. until wait until the shot clock runs out. Take a shot. Get back on defense. Right. And that's how they want that game. Yeah. It, it was it was just it, it wasn't necessarily like a rock fight. I want to say, but it was just a defensive like. It's smooth. Just a, yeah. If Miami Indiana was a chess match, this was a chess match. But they're just taking the chess pieces and throwing at each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how that game went. Of just Damn. we're just trying to hit each other as much as possible. Um, because that, that's just, I thought they, they, their physicalness and their uh, commitment to it was just really impressive. And that's what made Stanford yeah. go into those bad decisions. And, and I, I was, you know, second year in a row that I've had to come on this podcast and say, I'm disappointed in Stanford after their tournament loss, because I, I thought against, uh, UConn, similar set of circumstances, yes. similar result in terms of their offense kind of falling apart. So they, they need to revisit that. It's just. Probably no Haley Jones going forward. She seems like she's going to the draft. So 
I know. What do you what do you, what do you think about Cameron Brink's comments about thank you, Cardinal Nation? Did she say that? She did. All right, all right. I so I know March Madness sent out a tweet for her saying, Oh, thank you, Cameron Brink. Okay. Um I don't did know. She, I mean Did she I thought I she know. did say I thought she said that. I thought she said thank you, as if she was like. I would say it's very unlikely that she's leaving, given that. Uh, maybe no, I'm wrong. No one's leaving. <laughs> yeah, no one's I leaving don't know. I, I, yeah, I I know next year's boy. Well, wow, uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. But wow, I, I just I was people were speculating what she actually meant by that, and maybe it was the. I would assume she's coming maybe back. Retweeted that you know NCAA yeah. thing, but then people. No, no, yeah, I saw speculation. I in the. I think she's coming back. I, I would say I would be very, very shocked that she's not. Agreed. I agree with that. I agree. Um, Wait, okay, we 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 got, we got a lot. Uh, shoot. <laughs> um, where do you want to? Oh, well, let's talk about. We got to talk about the champs. We got to talk about the champs. Uh, yeah. Because I, I'm gonna be honest. We don't talk enough about South Carolina. Probably. We don't. Although we, we do. We do talk a lot. during the regular season. We talked a lot about South Carolina. We did. Uh, I just think. It's it's tough because they're just so good. They are. <laughs> and there's so many other teams to talk about. I yeah. thought this game against uh, South Florida, I thought it was a good test. Uh, I thought South Florida played a really good game. Okay. And, you know, what was the final score here? And uh, South Carolina ended up winning by 30. So I'm not sure. Close uh, game early on. It was. Today. And then they blew it up. So. So uh, the Solid Verbal, which is one of my favorite college football podcasts, they have a term for this type of win because um, okay. Alabama, Alabama used to have this type of win a lot where it's like, okay, they, you know, they're kind of sticking around, sticking around. And then third, third, fourth quarter, they, they blow. So it's called a crock potting because you're just, <laughs> you know, South Carolina just throws the other team in the crock pot. You know, they wait a little bit. Not much is happening. You know, it's just like some, some water. And then by the second, third quarter, you see like, some bubbles. I love that. And, I love and then, you know, third quarter. Yeah, third quarter, it starts to get a little sizzle where you're like, ooh, like, boop, 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 boop. like starts start sizzling a little bit. And then fourth quarter, in this one, you know, they took out whatever they had in the crock pot, put it in the pan, seared it up a little bit, and that was that. So this was like South that. Carolina's crock potting. And this yeah. uh, this only came up with Alabama when they were already a dynasty. And I think uh, this kind of game is it's just yeah. like further proof that South Carolina is a dynasty. Uh, hey, listen, I love a good crock pot recipe for the for the record so if you have any send them along um but hey crock potting is a great way to say it because that has happened so many times this season for south carolina mm -hmm. i know when they in, what was that in november when they came to college park that was like a six yeah. eight point game then there was a little dust up and then after that uh, you know started percolating mm -hmm. and that was that but you know the fact that that could be another matchup if maryland beats notre dame and if South Carolina advances to Monday, uh, they could meet up again. Um, and that would be Spicy. interesting to see what that would uh, be like in the adjustments that Maryland makes um, after going through a full year with nine new players. We'll get to that. Um, and only one returning <laughs> starter in Diamond Miller. But um, but I think for South Carolina, I mean, their size is just something that you just can't contend with. And speaking of that, I know that game against Maryland back in November, um, I was asking Brenda Freeze, I think I had a Maryland game after that, maybe a week or two after. And I was like, what is it that separates South Carolina? What is it about them? And she said, most times teams now, you know, collegiately and professionally too, are going kind of a four out, one in. 
Mm -hmm. right? Offense, like it's a spread out motion, maybe even a five out. Sometimes everybody's moving, but she said they're four in and one out. (laughs) So it's like, they're just in the paint. Like they just break you down. Um, Ami here is just a a matchup nightmare on the wing, like her size and speed and burst. Like she's just um, an incredible X factor for them for sure. But I just think their size and ability to defend number one, and board that's all that's going to carry them and they're going to be able to get their buckets i mean they have Leah boston my god um when they have so many quality pieces around her and you know like mm-hmm. i say it's not I, I don't like to say the others right because that's kind of putting them down the, it's i it's <laughs> Leah boston is playing her role okay and everyone else is playing their role so everyone is a role player essentially right it's not a star player and then everybody else like if I'm on that team, I don't want to be known as like an other. Like we're all unified. We're all playing our roles. And that's why our team is great. That's why we're undefeated cool. this season. And that's just me. I don't like to refer to like role players or players off the bench as yeah. others. Cause I'm like, no, they we need you. Like <laughs> you're a big piece and a big part of what we need to do to win. So don't don't discredit the fact that you know everybody's not scoring. 30 and 10 every night we don't need that from everybody but what we do need is what everyone does well and to the best of their ability be your best in your role whether you're starting or off the bench okay you're not an other we're together stop putting the others in this box like don't do that to them that's not fair because they they need everybody especially now in the sweet 16 and moving forward you need all of y'all okay everybody to play their best and those players would be stars pretty much any other team in the country. Like they were all five-star recruits. Like they're, they're gonna, they, they are that good. <laughs> like the rest I'm of the team is that. also that good. Um, but yeah, the boards, man, yeah. The, the boards is just, I, that's a problem that I don't know how to solve. I, 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 there's no way, like you just can't, you can't keep them off the boards. No. They, their offensive rebounding percentage in this game was 54.5. They out, they out rebounded South Florida in the offensive glass 24 to 8. Wow. One of the best rebounding teams Kobe. in the country, too. Kobe number. But that's crazy. Oh, yeah. 24 to 8. I mean, it is about percentage of shots that are coming off, and I get that, you know, analytically. It's all about. It's still a high percentage. That's it's a ridiculous percentage. 55%. Go ahead and round it up. <laughs> That's insane. Um, but that's that work. Okay. And Dawn Staley, I'm sure doesn't have to tell anybody on that team to box out. Like that's something she's not going to yell out. Like that's just an automatic um, common denominator, um, common factor of, of who they are. Like you're not getting this basketball. <laughs> like 24 to 8. Oh, my God. Well, and they don't give up. They don't give up transition either. It's no, like they don't. They go to the rim. They go to the rim really hard, and then they don't give up transition. Like doesn't. I think there's six trans, uh, fast break points here for South oh, wow. Florida. So they do both wow. things extremely well. Uh, quick so- shout out to Zach Cook, 21 points. I just love the way yeah, she's Zach. playing this year. I'm really, you know, last year, last year was a struggle for her, and it didn't matter because yeah. they won the championship, and she's that type right. of player that it won't, it won't matter if they win the championship. But she really struggled, and I, I think at times it worried her and the team. Um, but she just kept going. And now this year she's reaping the rewards in terms of having a much better shooting year from three. And she's just figured out a lot more of how to get to the rim and how to finish in those yeah. situations. And just like one of these players, right. That 
if there's a big shot for South Carolina, and yeah. there's a lot of big shots for South Carolina. Yeah. Zaya Cook's taking it. And that's something to be said with all these five stars, all these players that are great. She's the one that they turn to and they trust. And, and I trust her too. I trust her too. She's an amazing basketball player. Right. Which is why she's not an other. Okay. So <laughs> that's what I mean. So the players in that room know, the players in that gym every day in practice, they know who they are oh, yeah. um, as a collective group. So, and the fact that Zaya Cook would get that touch, not only would she like, Will she get that touch? She wants that touch uh, mm-hmm. at that part of the game <laughs> at that juncture. Come on, man. I mean, not everybody's made up that way. Not everyone is is fearless in that way. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to give her credit where credit is due. And, and for me, it's always going to be about the team. It's not going to be about one player or another player. It's like, yeah. Look, it, everyone needs everybody. <laughs> okay. And uh, for Cook, like she went through last year, like you said, but there's those dark days that develop who you become today. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're, we're seeing it too. Like she's seeing it mm-hmm. and feeling it and embracing it, walking in that. But who is she encouraging by showing oh, yeah. that? Man, so many people and not just basketball players or, you know, she's showing people how to deal with, with life and, and the mentality that it takes to persevere. That's just, I mean, I, I know I always take it, philosophically um but for me that it, good, it really does well, mean a lot a, yeah. what what no you, you're right you're right i think that's it should it should be taken like that and she does it off the court too it's like she is that type of person um yeah all right we, we got we have more games well you want to talk let's, maryland yeah let's go with it maryland a good basketball team they <laughs> they go on to sweet 16 77 64 over arizona game wasn't that close in my opinion um yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought I thought they got they got all over Arizona. And Arizona's a good basketball team. Really liked what I saw from Adia Barnes and Kate Reese and all them. Uh they got they got smacked. They got smacked pretty hard because that Maryland team is humming at the moment. Cheyenne Sellers. Uh it, we don't have to say she's coming into her own. She is into her own. She is here. She is the performer that you you we thought she could be. She's already there. Uh Diamond Miller, obviously, in in her peak. Right now, you have a, a ton of great players around them. Abby Myers, Lavender Bray, just every player on this team can contribute. You saw Faith Mastonis, 12 points, non-garbage time points. ISO Bassett's against Kate Reese. Yeah, This team is humming, as you mentioned a couple times. Brenda Freeze did an amazing job this year. Uh, I don't think she won Coach of the Year. I think Dawn won it, which, hey, fair. If you're going to lose it, someone's Dawn. But Brenda deserves a ton of credit for what she did with this team this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, we alluded to it a moment ago just with, you know, a lot of um, players left the program. Okay, it's not Mm -hmm. a secret um, who they were. We're not going to talk about that because we're going to deal with who Maryland has on the team. Okay. Well, we we may talk about we may talk about one of those players that left because she's pretty well. But other than that. But I digress. Uh, But. Yeah, with with what Maryland has this year, it's nine new faces. So in November, you know, a lot of people didn't know how these players were going to mesh together or if they would at all, right? And the fact that, like you said, the fact that Brenda Freeze has not only gotten them to mesh together, but she's made the necessary adjustments because of her personnel. And she's not saying this is what we do here at Maryland and you guys fall into this. She's like, what are you guys good at? 
let's mm -hmm. mold our philosophy around who you guys are. Um, and I think that's what we're seeing now. You said they're humming right now. That's what you see. Uh, they don't possess a lot of size. Uh, in terms of their their body structure and and height, <laughs> but they have a lot of heart, and and that can't be measured. And I think in a player like Cheyenne Sellers, only a sophomore. Okay, let's not forget how young she is. She's only a sophomore, but last year she was that defensive juggernaut kid. It was going to take the the best player on the other team, and and did a good job offensively for her role as a freshman. But this year, I mean, just I mean exponentially improved with her offensive numbers, um, but still brought that dogged defense. And you have to love that about her. So she's really um, maturing competitively, but she's also a leader for this team as a sophomore. I mean, she brings that fire and energy um, to the court on both sides and that attack mode mentality. She's not afraid of anything. And you have to love players like that when they're not afraid, like just go or take that charge, like stand right there and take it for the team. And, you know, not a lot of people are, are bold minded like she is. So I think with that being said, Diamond Miller, the only returning starter, we said nine new faces, one returning starter and Diamond Miller. Um, Brenda Fries has said, you know, I love the senior Diamond Miller, right? She has made yeah. a world of difference to this team. And Abby Myers as well has been just a, a complete X factor in terms of another player who can stretch the floor from three, um, but she can also get downhill. I mean, she doesn't miss shots in the second and third levels. You know, she's going to strike from three, but she is just such an invaluable piece for Brenda Freeze to be able to throw on the floor. And Faith Masonis, I mean, that's the mother hen. Like, I think she has nine siblings or something like that, like a huge family, but she takes care of everybody you know, mm -hmm. um, on the team in that way. It takes them to the grocery store and all this stuff. But I just think for, for this Maryland team to be where they are right now, um, take yourself back to November 1st or something like that before the season even started, would you have thought with all the new faces, Gabe, that this Maryland team would be advancing to the Sweet 16? I'd love to go back and hear what we had to say about them because we obviously we talk about Maryland all the time. Yes. Um, for, for no apparent, for no reason in particular. Um, but... Well, Okay. The, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm a little. Yeah, I probably would have been a little surprised back then. Um, yeah. Not not just that they're in the Sweet 16, but okay. how they're looking right now. Like okay. they're looking like a team that you know. I, I don't think they're a good matchup with South Carolina. But if they were in a different region, you know, I'd probably be more. I'd probably be saying, hey, this could be a Final Four team. Yeah. Um, and they do have a shot against South Carolina because they are a team that has played South Carolina and has just tremendous players but yeah i didn't think that the that this team probably would be here beginning of the season mainly because you know we didn't know how good abby myers was going to be at maryland she was obviously awesome at princeton you didn't know how that was going to translate she translated right. wonderfully you know you look at, at lavender briggs someone who came on throughout the year and, yes. and you say wow you know she she really meshed with this team really took to the took to what they're trying to do and fit in really well i didn't see that coming in terms of how well she fit in so fast i mean you know go True. up and down the line and this team has just learned how to coalesce right and and how to become a team and yeah. i think the way they play like you mentioned is just so different from how you would expect brenda's teams to play in the past yeah. and it is it's not it's just like an ad adaptation of how to use all these players, right? And like you're playing Diamond Miller, who last year at times was your two. Yes. Who was your shooting guard, 
You're playing her at center, essentially. She's <laughs> she is your tallest player. She's doing the jump ball. She's playing center this year. Yeah. And to be able to adapt that fast, uh, first off, takes a, a great willingness from all of the players. Right. And it takes a really great coach to to get them to buy in and then figure out a way to put them in successful positions. So I think <laughs> I think she did a great job. Uh, but to your point, yeah, I don't think I don't think I would have uh, expected this. And and that's not that's not shade, but like no. hey, we, I didn't I didn't know how good Maryland was going to be. Didn't know. Didn't know how they've come together, right? But they've yeah. they've come together at the right time. They're maximizing the opportunity, you know, of that chemistry right now in the Sweet 16. So they have Notre Dame again. So that was a buzzer beating game uh, in favor of Maryland early on, but without mm -hmm. Olivia Miles, without uh, Mabry also out with injuries, two starters for mm -hmm. Notre Dame. I mean, they've advanced to the Sweet 16. So Neil Ivy, credit to you. Uh, getting yeah, your team there so, in spite of all that adversity. I mean, not a lot of coaches can get their teams there with two starters down. Um, so, so that's going to be a good game, I think for sure. Still. Oh, I think it's going to be a great yeah. game, and, and we're going to have uh, we're going to have our friends, the the other people on the Hurt Hoop Stats uh, podcast, oh, okay. preview the Sweet Sixteen because uh, I actually forgot I practiced today and just a little bit. We're going. We're back oh, in the gym. Hey, get it. Yay, open gym. Um, <laughs> and we also have the Wizards game tonight. We do. Jokic is coming. Yeah, right. yeah. The must go. win for the Wizards. Wizards not doing as hot as Maryland. Gotta say, gotta, gotta say. say that. Not quite. Mark that down. Not quite as well. All right, so let's go. Let's go a little rapid fire here, just to okay. kind of get to some games that um, you know we really want to talk about. I think yeah. the one that we definitely need to mention is uh, Ohio State UNC. Just one of those games that I think is going to be remembered for a long time. Uh, because of the ending and because of how what went into it, um, I just thought, you know, one a really strong game from Ohio State, who at times this year we said was the class of the Big Ten, right? They, we said this is the best team in the Big Ten, and then you know they kind of lull a little bit later in the conference schedule, then they get JC back, and now yeah. JC's full strength, JC's hitting game winners. This team looks special. And and Cody McMahon, uh, she's not a freshman. I I, I need to see. Wow. Uh, I I don't believe it. I don't believe she's a freshman because she is absolutely playing out of her mind. Ohio State, like, you know, team that you could definitely see going into the Final Four, in my opinion. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, McMahon is oh my gosh, just seeing her live. Like I saw, you know, them earlier in the season, mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, it's tough. I saw yeah. her live and she is a human wrecking ball with all due respect to the control of what a wrecking ball can do. <laughs> but she is so strong and she reminded me of Nas Hillman in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, um, the way she was playing defense, um, her activity on the offensive end mm -hmm. and, and her power game. I mean, not a lot of players, everyone's very finessey now, you know, everyone wants yeah. to be a unicorn now, but she's down there in the mud, like just boom on people's legs, like strong yeah. as a freshman. Um, so I was really impressed with, with her ability and strength and, and wherewithal, right. To be in those moments, like in the big 10 championship game, when they played Iowa, I mean, she's down there battling with Monica Sonano, um, you know, trying to front her and, and work against her. And um, yeah, the big bright side for her, but JC Sheldon and her ability to come back now after playing five games and then 
tried to come back right before the Big Ten tournament. Mm -hmm. Not didn't go so well. Came back for the Big Ten tournament, um, but was playing kind of limited minutes mm -hmm. in that juncture. But to see her hit that shot and her sister Emmy, um, who was cheering on the team as always, um, was just very very sweet to see. Uh, but the heroics of of Deja Kelly, which is almost the game yes. winner with 11 seconds left, and then to come down and JC to knock that in with like just under two seconds, I believe, uh, a second and a half, uh, right down the middle of the paint and just knocked that one in um, for Kevin McGuff and his team. I, I just think the way they started out the year, what was it 18, 19 and 0, and then yeah. lost a couple, like you said, in Big Ten competition. But, um, you know, you get all your pieces back in the chess box. You were talking about throwing pieces at people. <laughs> <laughs> but now you have J.C. Sheldon. So, yeah, I mean, I think – she makes a huge difference for what they like to do defensively, flying around their two-two-one full court press, um, but also her ability to attack the rim. I mean, she's a gym rat. She stays in the gym. Mm -hmm. She attacks the bucket um, at will and really gets to those elbows and forces the defense to commit to the basketball and then makes great choices, as we were talking about before. Like this is how you take care of the ball. Be calculated when you put it on the ground. Why you're doing that and how you're going to set up your team for success, whether that's your shooting or, or your teammates yeah. you can facilitate to them. But she is a, a key piece to their success moving forward. And Kevin McGuff will tell you that a hundred times out of a hundred. Oh yeah. No, I, I think they were, they were really great and they're coming together at the right time. Yeah. They have UConn next. So. They do. And uh, Dorka Uhas transferred from Ohio state to UConn. And she's that's on that. true. Just a little I dynamic. I forgot about that one. A little dynamic to keep an eye on. <laughs> Uh, but or maybe Dor that's so, I mean, nosy that way. I'm like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, it'll definitely, it'll definitely be in their, uh, in their heads, right? I think S. So S. Marie Martinez, um, playing for Arizona this year, went to West Virginia before. So they actually, they, some of her teammates talked about playing against her and, and how uh, uh, you know, it was weird um, to see her. The portal, the portal, the portal makes it weird, but that game is going to be awesome. It's going to um, be awesome. UConn. You know, storming past uh, Vermont had a little trouble with Baylor. He got past Baylor, so yeah. that's that's one that's going to be really awesome. I think both those teams are are getting together at the right time. Shouts to Easy Flood, welcome back. Love Shout to see out. you. DMV, yeah, DMV, DMV or uh, extraordinary. Let's let's just go through all the let's go through uh, the matchups just to see how they got there. In okay. Seattle, three the ridiculously Perfect. named regions that we have this year. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, three. Um, we got uh, Virginia Tech and Tennessee playing each other. Tennessee like uh, got, you know, just, just smoked uh, St. Louis and and yeah. uh, Toledo to get there. Toledo ending the career of Ashley Jones uh, of Iowa State. Hate really, uh, not not necessarily stunning. I thought some people saw that coming, uh, including yeah. me who has in the bracket. Um, <laughs> but you know, really, just uh, it was it was kind of it was emotional to see Ashley Jones uh, depart from Iowa Iowa State. Yeah. Yeah, I hated that. Yeah. I, you know, I hate the end of season games. I think when you, for me, it's like I, I flash back to how I felt, yeah. right? And it just, and I know that feeling, and I hate it. Uh, and I know it's the dramatics of the camera catching all that emotion, but man, if you've lived in that moment, that just takes you. It takes yeah. me right back every time. I don't care how many years it's been. It's always uh, right there when you see the agony of defeat. 
mean, the thrill of victory too, but the agony of defeat, man, I'm telling you, I don't remember all the wins. I remember all three of the losses though. That year we went to the final four. I remember yeah. every single second of those three losses. And the so scene, I just, the, just hate it. I hate it. The career ender ending uh, press conferences. I don't think I can do them anymore. I, it's like, I, I, it went to the ACC tournament, had to be there. And you know, you know, I'm trying. You're trying to ask something about just like trying to be positive because the, you want to just hug, you know, these players because you you could see how much it means to them. And yeah. so in a way, it's it's nice, right? It's nice to know like, hey, this still means a ton. You know, it should. Your school yeah. team should mean a ton to you, um, regardless of what's next for you. Um, and, and it it meant a ton. It just also like brought me to tears on multiple occasions. So I, uh, I do have a Katie Meyer quote. Oh, go ahead. What'd you say? Oh, I just don't want to do any more uh, career-ending press conferences. I'm good on those. Same. I, I have to say this before we get off of here. But for uh, Katie Meyer, she had this quote years ago um, after one of the Miami women's games. I was talking to her. I think we were at the airport together. They were going recruiting or something, and we were at the airport. Yeah. We're sitting and talking, and she said, hey, you know, I, I, I hate losing, you know, and I hate the way that feels. You know, I hate to see kids upset, crying, whatnot. But you can't have your heart broken if you didn't put your heart in it. No. Oh, and I'll never forget that. And I think I told, you know, the kids that at camp and wherever, mm -hmm. you know, I was coaching. Like, but you can't have your heart broken if you didn't put your heart into it. So yep. um, in that regard, you know, when I do see those tears, I think of that quote. You yeah. know, like those kids, like you just said, laid it all on the line. Like they gave everything. They have looked themselves in the mirror and they have no regrets. Like I'm telling you, that's the, that's the most joyful place to be <laughs> when you have zero regrets on the choices that you make. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I just thought that was like a, a really good quote for March. No, I love that. Um, yeah. I love that. And it's Katie. It's a pri so. it's, it's Katie. Yeah. No, it's a privilege to be so heartbroken that like, do you cry when you don't have your job to do anymore? <laughs> like, you know, like that is, that is a really cool thing. Um, that doesn't happen to most people. I could tell you a lawyer's never lost a case and cried about it for the most part. Um, so I, 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 it is a privilege to feel that way. It just sucks to have to see that and not be able to like give someone a hug and say, it's going to be okay. Or, you know, just do something for them. You have to ask them some sort of question, but I, I really appreciate how much the players care about it. Um, all right. Well, we got, I want to mention every team because if not, yeah. I know someone's going to be like, we didn't mention every team. Let's all right. Uh, we mentioned Iowa, Iowa. And then yeah. uh, we have we have to mention Duke, Colorado, because Colorado back in the Sweet 16, first time since 2003. Oh, boy. Uh, that team that team in Colorado, super cool. Just like they look yeah. cool. Like Jalen Sherrod has really cool hair. Quay Miller has like the shaved blonde look going on. Um, I think that if for the early 2000s kids, a little bit like Eve, right? Um, yeah. I'd love, looks, she looks great. The team has a great look and they also play really cool. They beat Duke, which um, I know I'm an ACC person, but always nice to see Duke lose. Got to say. In, in March, it's great to see Shut Duke up. lose. No shade to Carol Lawson. No, no shade to Carol Lawson. Me, great Carol Lawson. <laughs> hey, we love her. Uh, love seeing Duke lose though. Uh, so Duke goes down in in Colorado, moves on to Sweet 16. This, uh, interesting from Louisville. I mentioned this at the beginning. Louisville squeaks, squeaks past a Drake. Really, really good game in the first round. Blows out Texas in the second round. Haley Van Lith. She's the truth. Yeah, man, she's so tough. I can't even tell you. Like she just plays the game at a different level mentally. 
than everybody else on the floor. Coaches included, and that's not shady. She is so intense. Um, she's so locked in and, and feisty and fiery, but focused with all of that, right? And some people have that on the inside. She has it all on the outside. And it just oozes out. It's the same way Caitlin Clark has it, right? Mm -hmm. Don't hate those kind of players. Let them have the swagger that they have. Give them that permission, will you please? It's fine. Everybody's not built that way to show it on the outside. But if they are built that way, let them be that way. Yeah. Let them be that way. Um, Van she, Litt, She's the only... Oh, go, sorry. The killer. No, I'm sorry. I'm just saying she's a killer. She she's the only player that you ever see Jeff Walls have to calm down because he is not he's not a calm he's not a calm coach and he she's like the only person he has to ask him and be like okay we got we got we got like, calm down a little bit like she's so like, yourself. she's so intense she's so she intense and you know, I love that you saw a little, Let her be that. you saw a little scuffle after the after the game I'm sure little word little wordage well, some words some words I love Olivia Cochran too. Olivia Cochran, that is, she, she's just an awesome, uh, she's an awesome basketball player. And also, like, we had a moment um, at the ACC tournament. I was doing the radio broadcast, and Nucky right. came on. So I was dancing and singing, <laughs> and then she was also dancing and singing. And then she saw me, and she was like, hey. And so we had a moment. Uh, and I just love the energy she brings. And I, I really, this Louisville team, I have been on since I saw them at the ACC tournament because I thought they really right. got their, they really got together, and they worked so hard together, and they fit really well. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Really difficult test. I think, I, I don't think they, you can look overlook this old Miss team at this point. Cause that's who they oh. play. Oh. But I love, I love what Louisville has right now. So we're, we're going to see uh, if they can get to the elite eight and then the final four yet again. Oof. Two more games. Oof. Two more games. Right yeah. uh, UCLA is going to play South Carolina. That's a thing. Um, I don't think it's going to go very well for UCLA, but good luck to them. Uh, it should be fun, though. They they played earlier this year, right? I believe so. I believe yes, they did. Outside of conference, so I think it was in early December. And I think that was close. Was it a 15-point game? That wasn't like a blowout. It was, it was close at some point. It was one of those crockpottings. Oh, where crock It was a crockpot, yeah. <laughs> I it love it. That, we're adopting that. Uh, it's we have we have to give a shout out to the solid verbal it's one of my favorite things yeah uh it was a nine point game nine point oh, game earlier okay. in the year i knew it was so, pretty close kiki yeah, right yeah, they, they grow there ucla is a good team i'm they not are. sure they're gonna have a fun day Court i'm not close. sure they're gonna have a fun day on uh on saturday or sunday or yeah they play on uh saturday, saturday i don't think they're gonna have a fun day but that's gonna be interesting uh, hey and then to, to wrap it up miami takes on Villanova and uh, Maddie Segris, who is on fire. Who oh, my miss. God. She, how does she, she's how, just do you score, how do you score a 1,000 points in one year? That's what she did. Caitlin Clark just passed 900 for this one season alone. Like, they're on a different level. Maddie Segrist, I mean, she had a 50-point game earlier this year. It's well-documented on SportsCenter and everywhere else. But, wow. I mean, that's going to be interesting to see how they cool her off because – She's legit. She's a professional scorer. In her <laughs> I mean, worst, in her worst performance this year, she scored twenty-two points. Say it again. That was her, her worst performance this year. She scored twenty-two points in terms of her worst efficiency performance was a, a twenty-two point game against UConn. Come on, man. She's she's a professional scorer, and like I said, with the NIL, we can call collegiate players professional. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she may also be a professional scorer if she if anyone comes out into the uh, 2023 WNBA draft, she will be a first round pick. I don't know if she's gonna come out. Though. Um, but she, I don't know. Uh, Miami, 
it may uh, follow her son Holy Spirit there. Let's let's just hope she misses some <laughs> shots. I don't know what you do with that. Speaking of players who can't miss, speaking of players who can't miss, uh, both um, LSU Utah going to be a game of two players that are really hot. Alyssa Peely uh, from Utah, I believe she scored thirty one in their last game. Yeah, she, uh, she scored twenty eight in their last game against Princeton. Scored like thirty three against Gardner Webb, uh, wow. and then you know just a casual day for uh, Angel Reese twenty five and twenty right. To first, Something uh, like that. I saw that. 34 and 14 in the first round. Or 15, 34 and 15. Had, yeah, 25 and 24 against Michigan. <laughs> Things have gone well for Angel Reese this year. Good good for her. Thanks. Maryland and Angel Reese doing well. Who's not happy? I mean, well, both I of them are happy. Reese. Maryland's happy and That's... Angel Reese is happy. <laughs> Ashley Wusu so. is uh, still playing in the tournament, technically. Um, uh, Virginia Tech, yeah. With, with Virginia She's just not really playing for them. Hopefully she can get some minutes in this tournament. But yeah. uh, anyways, I think we are set up for a really nice sweet 16. Um, I think you're right. Christy, I think we should, you want to make some podcast plans on the podcast? Oh man. How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? You, you want to go Saturday night? Yeah. We can do a Saturday pop Saturday night. We'll talk. Little pop, little pop up. Maybe, maybe we'll do it live. Who knows? Oh, pop up live on Saturday. Oh, you know, I love that. And I'll tell. Oh my god, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Right. Uh, I will see. <laughs> we'll we'll go we'll go late night because I know Christy doesn't sleep in March. I, I don't, don't sleep in March because three hours too much good. basketball. Two three hours, I'm good. It's March. Take a nap. It's March, baby. We don't need it at night, and then wake up and have a great day. Anyway, that's how we do it. Gabe, you yeah. ready to bounce? Saturday night, night, baby. Saturday night, we're gonna do it. We're gonna so, wrap this up. Hey, we don't have to go home. They're cutting the lights out on us. We're sitting courtside. Our popcorn's gone. Our cranberry with the lime is gone. But listen, <laughs> there, <laughs> there's so many great games ahead, and we're gonna break it down on Saturday night live. Oh, look what I did! Saturday night live. Uh, it's oh. not copyrighted, but it's our very own courtside Saturday night live. So then we'll yeah. change it around a little bit so I don't get in trouble <laughs> by saying Saturday night live. But anywho. It has been a real blast today. Chopping it up with you, Gabe. Oh my goodness, right here on Courtside on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott for my guy, Gabe Ibrahim. We will see you on Saturday next time. Uh, wait, wait, <laughs> we'll I have one more thing. I have one more thing. On Saturday. <laughs> I haven't done I a have podcast in a long time. I messed that up. Wait, we'll see you next time. Saturday night live on Courtside with Christy and Gabe. Let's go, Kate. <laughs> Come on, man. Let's go, Cage. Let's go. No travel. No travel. Ball game. Ball game. Okay. Bye, everybody. That was not a travel.